Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. One day, Jesus was put to the test. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, this was an often debated question among the religious leaders, among rabbis, because God gave 613 laws to Moses, and Moses then relayed that to God's people. 613 laws. Can you even imagine? And here Jesus is, and he's supposed to identify the greatest. Well, Matthew was there. Matthew was a friend and follower of Jesus, and he records Jesus' response. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. As only Jesus could, he took 613 and boiled it down to two. Love God with all that you are. And second, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus was asked to give the greatest. And when he gave the greatest, he couldn't just give one because love for God and love for neighbor can't be divorced from one another. You see, love of God, it actually overflows in love expressed towards others. Jesus not only taught this, he lived it. And as his followers, we should too. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, you're probably familiar, at least have heard of this command, love your neighbor as yourself. What you might not have known is it actually appears eight times in scripture and it's known as the royal law. It's a close cousin to the golden rule, which is do to others what you want them to do to you. And we want to be loving people. We want to love others. As lovers of God, we should love others. We should love our neighbors. But how? How do we love those around us? You know, we can often overcomplicate this very simple thing. And when we overcomplicate things, you know what happens? We don't do anything because we don't know where to start. But we're changing that in this series. We know we want our love for God to express itself in love for others. So what we're doing is over the next five weeks, we're going to discover five hyper-practical ways that we can love like Jesus where we live. And we're going to be using this blessed framework, which I'll explain here in a minute. Now, we're going to be discussing some very practical tools. We're going to be looking at scripture as our playbook. But here's the deal. Five weeks from now, you're not just going to have a game plan for how to love your neighbors. You're going to have stories of how you're living and loving like Jesus right where you live. Now, as we kick things off, let's ask to hear from God and ask that he would be the one that moves through us. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to open it together here. And we ask that you would speak, that you would Help us to be the loving neighbors that you've called us to be. Thank you for helpful tools. Thank you for your word that teaches and instructs. Would you help us to apply it today and in the weeks ahead? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we go through this series, 
talking about loving our neighbors, we're going to use a framework, uh, an acronym BLESS. Now, what does BLESS stand for? BLESS stands for this. B is begin with prayer. L, listen. E, eat. S, serve. And S, share. Now, BLESS isn't supposed to be a formula. BLESS should be our lifestyle. It's how we go about all that we do. And when we're talking about blessing, why, why use this acronym to, you know, capture loving our neighbors? Sure, it's simple. Yeah, it's practical. But did you know that it's actually biblical? Blessing has always been core to our identity as the people of God. You see, way back, thousands of years ago, God called Abraham. And Abraham, in that call, God was very specific that he was going to bless Abraham to be a blessing to others. Now, Genesis 12, 1 through 3 actually records it for us. And if you've got a Bible, I invite you to turn with me there. If you need a Bible, you can follow along on our free church app. There's also a place where you can jot down notes on the app. So hopefully that's helpful for you. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. This anchors this whole idea of blessing, and it says this. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Jews and Christians alike trace their heritage back to Abraham. And as God blessed Abraham and made him into a nation, the nation of Israel, to be a blessing to other nations, so too God has blessed us as his people, as followers of Jesus, to go be a blessing to those around us. God's love for us and our love for him, it should overflow and it should express itself as love for others. Now, second to scripture, this book, Bless, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World by Dave Ferguson and his brother John Ferguson, it's inspired some of the practices and principles that we're going to talk about in this series. And we think it's such a helpful resource that we would love to give it to you. The only thing is you got to come to a service in person sometime over the next couple of weeks so that we can give it to you. But even if you can't make it in person, you can find the Amazon link to download a digital copy as well. So you can read it on your Kindle. Now, with this working understanding of this concept of, of being a blessing and how God blesses us so we should bless those around us, where do we start? You know, we could start with friends. We could start with family. We could start with coworkers. And all would be good starting points. I mean, we should love our friends. We should love our family. We should love our coworkers. But I challenge us over the next five weeks to focus our attention on loving our literal neighbors, loving those who live right around us. <clears throat> Whenever we're trying to learn something new or apply a new practice, if we try to do it all, our attention and our focus, it gets scattered and we have minimal impact. Certainly not the impact that we desired when we set out on the venture. Well, if we focus our attention, such as focusing our attention on loving our literal neighbors, we focus small, we actually can have a big impact in the end. 
But why our literal neighbors? Well, to illustrate, let me share with you a story. Uh, it's recorded in The Art of Neighboring, written by Dave Runyon and Jay Pathak, and they share their experience of gathering a bunch of pastors in the Denver area and talking with their mayor about how they can make a difference in their city. Listen to this. In 2009, I, Dave, gathered a group of 20 lead pastors in the Denver area so we could think, dream, and pray about how our churches might join forces to serve our community. We invited our local mayor, Bob Fry, to join us. And we asked him a simple question. How can we as churches best work together to serve our city? The ensuing discussion revealed a laundry list of social problems, similar to what many cities face. At-risk kids, areas with dilapidated housing, child hunger, drug and alcohol abuse, loneliness, elderly shut-ins with no one to look in on them. The list went on and on. Then the mayor said something that inspired our joint church movement. The majority of the issues in our, excuse me, the majority of the issues that our community faces would be eliminated or at least drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. Later, he explained that often when people identify a problem, they come back to civic officials and say something like, this is becoming a serious issue, and you should start a program to address it. Fry shared candidly with us that, in his opinion, government programs aren't always the most effective way to address social issues. He went on to say that relationships are far more effective than programs because they're organic and ongoing. The idea is that when neighbors are in relationship with one another, the elderly shut-in gets cared for by the person next door, the at-risk kid gets mentored by the dad who lives on the block, and so on. After the mayor left the meeting that day, our group of pastors was left to reflect on what he shared. I, Jay, can remember sitting there, and before I could think, I just blurted out, Am I the only one here who's a little bit embarrassed? I mean, here we are, asking the mayor how we can best serve the city, and he basically tells us that it'd be great if we could just get our people to obey the second half of the Great Commandment. In a word, the mayor invited a room full of pastors to get their people to actually obey Jesus. Friends, what do you say? What if we loved our literal neighbors, like Jesus invited us to, and as we follow Jesus in this way, we just see what he does? You know, there's a word that transcends cultures. It transcends uh, societies. It transcends a lot of different things. But the word, it cuts to the heart. It, it warms our heart. It, it, it perks up our ears whenever we hear it. What is that word? It's your name. Jeff. Shane, Kazmi, Kendra, Gervinder, Kulwinder, Adam Weish. These are the names of my neighbors. Who are your neighbors? What are their names? Seriously, take a moment right now and reflect on your neighbors' names. If you join us in person at any one of our services during this blessed series, you can get one of these Who's My Neighbor magnets. We're calling it a neighbor map and the challenge is, is to learn and get to know the eight neighbors who live closest to you. Now, you probably don't have one of these as of yet, but you can access a digital version on our app. 
Um, but in the meantime, here's what I would challenge you to do. Grab a piece of scrap paper, maybe even in the notes section as you're taking notes. Real quick, press pause in just a sec. I'll tell you when. But try to write down as many of the neighbors who live right around you. That, that, shoot for the eight closest neighbors to you, okay? And just see how many names you can write down, all right? So ready, set, press pause. Seriously, like do it. Okay, I'm going to assume that you have and that you're coming back with me now. And here's what I challenge you to do. Think through the names that you learned, okay? Like maybe you got one, maybe you got three or five, or maybe you got all eight. Way to go. I want you to get to know these people even better. And if there are names you don't yet know, your goal over the next five weeks is to learn all your neighbors' names. And when you learn their names, you'll be able to better love them like Jesus because it's really hard to love someone when you don't even know their name. But we're going to be good neighbors and we're going to love the people around us and we're going to start by learning their name. But with these names in mind, say you got three, okay? With those three names in mind, how can you start to love them like Jesus would have us love them? Begin in prayer. Dave Ferguson in his book, Bless, he says this about prayer. Prayer is both how you discover the mission and how you pursue it. I love that. And Paul, who was way before Dave's time, Paul wrote this to the Colossian church because he understood this principle, that prayer really is how we both seek the mission and accomplish the mission. Paul says this in Colossians 4, 2 through 6. If you've got a Bible, please turn with me there now. We're going to anchor the rest of our time in this passage. Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. As followers of Jesus, the most loving and the most impactful thing we can do for someone else is connect them with Jesus. Because a relationship with Jesus changes everything. We experience transformation in the greatest sense. So as we seek to love our neighbors well, we're going to devote ourselves to prayer. We're going to be watchful. We're going to be thankful. In fact, what we're doing is over the next 40 days, in tandem with this Bless series, we're going to kick off our annual 40 days of prayer. And we're going to be praying for our neighbors. In fact, here's the prayer that I dare you to pray with me over the next 40 days. Pray this on a regular basis. So right now, write it down, and we're going to be praying this together. The prayer is this, God, may my neighbors experience your love expressed through me. God, may my neighbors experience your love expressed through me. Imagine the difference that that could make in your neighborhood, even just five weeks from now. Corey Tinboom, a Holocaust survivor, once said this about prayer. We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. So get ready, because when we ask God to move, he is about to move through you, through me. 
in our neighborhoods. Now, if you're anything like me, when you try to do something new like this, uh, a reminder, a nudge can be helpful so that we can implement and, and develop these new habits, practices. So what we've done is under the 40, uh, for 40 days of prayer and for bless is we've tried to put all of the resources, because we want to equip you through this series, all of the resources are available under the messages tab. Just click on the bless resources folder and you can get all kinds of things. Uh, there'll be a digital version there of this neighbor map. There will also be a downloadable like phone wallpaper. So when you open your phone up and you're, you're like, oh yeah, that's what we're praying. We're praying that God would, you know, express his love for my neighbors, but he'll do it through me. Like whatever it is, we want to help you be reminded to pray for your neighbors and to love your neighbors in the days and weeks ahead. In fact, we're even going to send out some push notifications, not every day, but a few days a week to encourage you, to challenge you, and to spur you to pray for and love your neighbors. So you can sign up for those push notifications on the app as well. Just click your little profile button in the top right corner and then make sure the prayer uh, category is selected for the push notifications and those will get delivered right to your phone as an encouragement throughout the week. Now, as we think about devoting ourselves to prayer, we're going to be watchful, we're going to be thankful, and we're going to be, in particular, looking for opportunities to show God's love to our neighbors, because that's what we're praying for, right? Where, where can we practically start, like, this week? Well, here, here's some things you can do. Okay, two, actually. The first is this, pray for your neighbors by name every day. Whether it's during your chair time as you're reading scripture and you're praying, you're talking with God, or maybe it's around the dinner table with your family or with roommates. I would invite you, grab your neighbor map magnet and pray for each of your neighbors by name. Maybe you don't know some of your neighbors, you're trying to get to know them. So maybe your prayer would be, God, help me get to know the guy next door with the motorcycle or the gal upstairs who does plyometrics at 6 a.m. Or maybe you do know your neighbor's names, but you want to get to know them a little bit more. What they do for work, what interests they have, a little bit about their family. Ask God for an opportunity to get to know your neighbors better. Or maybe you've ha you have a little bit of a relationship with your neighbors. And if that's the case and you know what's going on in their lives, pray for them specifically. Like, God, would you please bless the Smith's trip to Montana as they go to visit their kids? Or, God, would you please heal Dave from COVID? Whatever's going on, start praying for your neighbors by name every day over the next 40 days. And then two, prayer walk your neighborhood every week. You know, when Amanda and I were discerning our call to start Connect Church, a more seasoned pastor counseled me and he said this. He said, Chris, I want you to declare yourself the pastor of your neighborhood. His point was that, you know, sure, like, Chris, you're going to, you're going to disciple, you're going to love, you're going to care for the people who come to Connect Church because, well, that's your job as the pastor. But I want you, because you're a Jesus follower, I want you to disciple, care for, and love those who live right around you. As you know, just as followers of Jesus, like loving, caring for, discipling people, that's not just a pastor's job. That's like what we're all called to as followers of Jesus. So I challenge you, declare yourself the pastor of your neighborhood. And one way you could 
practically live that out is you could prayer walk your neighborhood every week. Now, prayer walking might be a familiar experience to you or it could be a foreign experience for you. That's okay. Prayer walking is seriously as simple as walking and praying. You could do it by yourself or you could do it with others, friends, family, maybe even your community group. You could pray out loud or you could pray silently. You might not see anyone or you might talk to someone. Prayer walk, prayer walking is, is very simple, but when we prayer walk, God moves in us and he moves through us. Now, we realize that prayer walking is probably going to be a new experience for many of us. And what we're going to do is, because we're, we're practicing this new practice for the first time, we're going to do it together because well, following Jesus is better together. Doing new things is better together. So what we're going to do is this coming Saturday, we are going to get together at the Lone Tree Rec Center parking lot, okay? 9 a.m. Saturday morning. Come, bring your strollers, bring your kids, whatever you got. And we're just going to break up into groups of maybe three to five. And we're going to walk through the neighborhoods that surround the Lone Tree Rec Center where our church gathers. So what we're going to do is we're just going to walk and we're going to pray for our church's neighbors. It'll be an opportunity to maybe meet some people in the neighborhood, but it'll also be an opportunity for us to do this spiritual practice, maybe for the first time. Because here's the challenge. We're gonna do this first prayer walk together as a church, but then we're unleashing you and we're saying, hey, now for the remainder of these 40 days of prayer, go and prayer walk your own neighborhood at least once a week. Now, in our quest to be loving neighbors, the neighbors that Jesus calls us to be, here's what we have discovered today. Loving your neighbor begins with praying for your neighbor. We're going to do this very practically in a couple of ways. One, we're going to pray for our neighbors by name every day. And the second thing we're going to do is we're going to prayer walk our neighborhoods every week. And like that, seriously, it's that simple. It's, it's that practical. We are going to begin to love our neighbors and bless those who live right around us. Now, everything bless, everything 40 days of prayer, it's all available in our free church app. So if you don't have the app yet, be sure to get a hold of that because it is seriously your toolkit for this series and probably many things to come. When we love our neighbors, as Jesus instructed us, what could we expect? Well, we could expect a few things. When we pray for our neighbors and when we love our neighbors, God's going to change us. He's going to start to change our neighborhoods. He might change our region. God may even start to change the world. Because loving the one right in front of us, it's always been Jesus' plan to express his love to everyone. So, go bless your neighbors this week.